Now, this will be the last time I see you guys, probably until October. And uh, so when you come in at 8.30 Mass, if the chair's not here, I'm not here. If the chair's here, Oscar's here, and I'll be here, but not until October. Um, there's, a, there's a little typo in the um, readings. That's why I got a little flubbed up. That it starts, I was not you. The word should have been it. So I don't, I don't want to type it in there. Anyway, it was not you who chose me, I chose you. Okay, choices today. Maximilian Kolbe, really intelligent um, Polish Franciscan monk. Um, we don't know much, well, I shouldn't say we don't know, we don't know a lot about him because it was 20th century. So his writings, his, his life, his history, his involvement with the church, it's all very well documented. And it was one of his Polish paisans, John Paul II, that canonized him. So only rather recently, in less than 20 years or so, uh, was he canonized as a saint. When we in Poland, there was many shrines to Maximilian, and uh, we saw one that pictured his face, very austere-looking guy. It was probably because he was being pictures was probably being taken by the Gestapo, so he wasn't smiling. You know, he was like looked serious. Um, at that point, they had shaven his beard and his head for the Gestapo pictures. We'll talk about that in a second. But he was um, a young man, and from his early life, he had a devotion. And the story is, Mary appeared to him, or he had a vision of Mary, and she offered him two crowns, a gold one, white gold, and a red one. And she said to him, in this vision, he's a child, uh, which one do you want? And he says, I want both of them. One will be the crown of a saint, the gold one, one will be the crown of a martyr, the red one. He said, I'll take both. He's a little kid. What does he know? But guess what? The little kid had insight because that's exactly how he died, wearing, not wearing a crown, but as a martyr. So we, we say the martyrs wear the crown of martyrdom in, in heaven. It's a visual. Um, it's usually a crown on any of the saints who have died, any of the martyrs, Saint Cecilia always see a crown on her head, um, like laurel. But it's it's a visual to give you an idea that she was chosen, and as Maximilian was chosen. Years ago, when we were in uh, Poland, it's all renovated and built up. Krakow, um, the, the major cities, but they were destroyed completely by the Nazis during World War Two, and. I was amazed at how many bookstores, I don't read Polish, so I didn't go into any of them, but tons of bookstores. I mean, more bookstores than we have cafes. I mean, really, on every block. And they were crowded. And I said, well, I'm going to say what I said. Um, we had the misconception growing up that Polish, even cartoons and TV does it, cartoons that Polish people were slow, not intelligent. Well, it's a complete fabrication because they come from great stock of education and, and learning. And Maximilian is only one sample of that. And the more you read about Polish people, 
I think John Paul was one of them. I mean, I think he spoke 10 languages. I can barely cope with one. So he was very intelligent. And that was the, that was the thrust of their educational system. Maximilian went to seminary, the Franciscan seminary. From there, he was also sent to Rome, where he studied for about six years theology. And he also got a, a second degree in philosophy in Rome too. So we're talking about a very intelligent person. His main devotion was to Immaculata, the Immaculate Conception of Mary. And he founded, after a lot of work, sweat and tears, he founded a magazine called Immaculata. And it was by the militants of Immaculata, the soldiers of Immaculata, they were all Franciscan brothers, who helped put this magazine together. And it was very popular. The first magazine and publication house was destroyed. He built another one, and subsequently the Nazis took over that. Now all this is going on during the Nazi occupation of Europe and Poland eventually itself. In his publication, he wrote on justice, and he wrote on the necessity for us to stand up, us being the Polish people, against Nazism, and Nazism was, was devastating people and was destroying lives. And he really didn't know the depth of it. You know, we know backwards, looking at history, how awful the Nazi rule was, the, the crematorium, the Auschwitz, uh, Belenka, and so many others. They, they, wound up, they round up Jews, as you know, but also Catholics who dare speak against them, Protestants who speak, spoke against them. And Max Milling was one of them because he condemned the Nazi uh, invasions. Uh, there's a lot to say about the Pope in charge at this point, which is Pius XII, and a very good friend of mine who's deceased wrote several books on the role of Pius XII saving Jews, especially in the convents, throughout Italy and Rome, and, and Rome. We'll go back to Maximilian. So Maximilian was condemned to Auschwitz, hard labor. He wasn't the healthiest person. He had, um, I, feel like, I feel like him with arthritis, he had um, tuberculosis. And in, in the camps, they showed no favoritism because he was a priest, <laughs> like they don't do it today either. But anyway, um, He's in jail carrying logs of wood, carrying rocks and so on, and more than once had to be helped back into his bunker by his, his associates, his other prisoners. He, he did not stop being a priest, even though he was in prison wearing prison garments. He led the people in his bunker in prayer, especially to Immaculata, to Our Lady under the title of Immaculate Conception, and often was able to say Mass with a little piece of bread and a little bit of wine in the concentration camp. The more he did, the more they knew about him, the more they hated, the Nazis hated him. And one day, and this is the classic of Maximilian's life, one day the general in charge went into one of the bunkers and chose you know, six or seven guys, they were all men in that bunker, to, to be condemned further. Okay, and these, these, all these were in prison, but he, 
he chose a few more for his special enjoyment as, a, as an evil person. And it was determined that these six would die of starvation without the, the rest of the bunker. So they were separated and brought aside, and they were going to be put into a, a lower level cell. Maximilian spoke up because the guy that they chose to kill, was one of, of the group right there and then, was a married man who had children and who at the time of his canonization was alive. And I couldn't say the name, sorry, it's a long Polish name. And Maximilian stood up and said, let me take his place. He's married, he has children, I'm a priest. Let me take his place. And the Nazis accommodated him, of course, with their devious kind of thinking, um, brought him forward, and he died by injection. He was, they say he was um, intoxicated, if the way they translate it, but he, he was injected with poison, and that's how he died. Um, they have relics of him here and there, and there is a shrine dedicated to him in Auschwitz as well. What does that have to do with the gospel today? He was living the gospel. He took it seriously. When Jesus says to his disciples, I give you a commandment. Oh, commandment, yuck. Love one another. And it's interesting, the more we love one another, the more we're honoring God, and the more we are putting ourselves in a position of closeness to God. By loving on earth, we're getting closer to God in heaven. And Maximilian and, and other martyrs too teach us this in their lives. They were dedicated to their, their call, their vocation. Lay, priest, nun, doesn't matter. But we're talking about Maximilian. He was dedicated to Mary and had confidence that even if he died, he would be, in a sense, glorified because he'd be close to Mary, Immaculata. So we look at this very educated, intelligent uh, monk who founded a major monastery in, in Poland. And little little aside, he, he got around. You know, he got around. It's not like he wasn't in a little town. Nobody knew about him. Uh, he was sent to Japan to found another monastery, Franciscan monastery. So he had to learn Japanese and all that. And they had the land before he arrived. They had the land where he, the monastery was going to be built. He said, no, I have a bad feeling about this space. A big firebomb is going to come on it. You must be dizzy, you know, you and your visions and all this. You can see how people doubted him. So they moved the monastery to the other, in Nagasaki to the other side of the mountain. When the atom bomb fell on Nagasaki, it would have been right where the monastery was. And the monastery was spared because it was built on the other side of the mountain. And that's a, that you, the current movie, um, um, the guy's name who's the, the creator of the, say it again? Yeah, Oppenheimer, right, right, right. It's a good, it's a long movie, it's a good movie, it's a sad movie, but it gives you the idea of what happened when that bomb went 
It destroyed people, places, animals, and people are still suffering from the ramifications of it. So all this to say that we have a saint today, a Polish saint, that we honor and look to as a leader of the faith. And hopefully, we won't have to die for our faith as martyrs, but we have to live our faith as martyrs. The word martyr means witness. Witness to our faith as Maximilian Kolbe did.